Let's have it. Well, welcome again to our second edition, second full episode. Can you believe it, Antoine? This is our second anniversary, kind of. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> Maybe second week anniversary, but is there such a thing? So uh, we'll, we'll make it. <laughs> there you go. It's our own holiday. So yeah, it is. Uh, I'm An- I'm uh, I'm Antoine Holman. No, no, I'm Raul Resch. Yeah. Antoine Holman is across from me. Antoine, wait, what, what's your name again? Antoine, right? And let's yeah, see, right? Yeah. Yeah, Antoine Hallman Sr. There you go. And I, you know, I never told you that, did I tell you my dad's name was Antoine? It was supposed to be Antoine the French way, you know, A-N-T-O-I-N-E. But his dad was like full French from Canada, spoke with nothing but French. And they were asking him what my my, uh, dad's name was supposed to be. And he was like, Antoine, Antoine. (laughs) You know, trying, and they were like, what? Antoine, ah, in Hey, <laughs> like, yeah, I remember we had that conversation. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, that's, that's kind of funny. And then and uh, it's like he's gonna be Anthony, that's it. We just called him Anthony. That's there, there, so, there anyway. it is. Anyway, so last week we started our conversations. If you don't know what you're tuning into, this is focused on the families uh, coming together. And this was an outreach that I had on my heart to do something different than just talk with uh, leaders in the areas and leaders across the country on different things but instead get to something that has been on my heart for a long time. Uh, and that's that, you know, we as Americans need to get along. We need to figure out a way to build bridges. We need to figure out a way to, uh, if we're ever going to end racism, which is the major thing that Antoine and I talk about, uh, we're going to have to first be real about what it is and, uh, you know, get, have some, a wake up call basically on, on what it is and how, how we can all, join in the battle to just be done with it. We are too smart of a country. We are too good of a country to keep letting something like this uh, continue to divide us. So I approach Antoine, right? And Antoine, did you think, what is this crazy cracker talking about? Or what, what did you think? <laughs> well, it, the thing was, when you, when you uh, invited me on to uh, on this project, uh, I just uh, thought it was just, a, it, I prayed on it, of course, first and foremost, I prayed about it. And then, of course, uh, it just uh, seemed like the, the right thing to do. And, of course, uh, what you're looking to do is uh, right along the lines of what we do as a ministry, uh, trying to build bridges and bring people together and just uh, make people aware. And, of course, uh, that's the that's the whole point right now. People don't want other people to be aware. That's our question. Right. We do a thing with uh, Antoine and I go back and forth and and, uh, one of us comes up with a question. And this last week was my question about how do you talk about racism? How do you get there? And now this week it's Antoine's question. Antoine, the drum roll is playing. Yeah. The uh, question is, uh, what do you believe is the underlying motive or intent of this culture wars or anti-woke movement or conversation? We say, what is the motive or intent? Well, the intent. And motive, the motive is obvious. Uh, it's about racism, power, and money. And, you know, and of course, uh, when we look at this thing, when I say the power and the money part, because, you know, of course, people are loyal to themselves. And of course, uh, they're doing these different things. They're, because uh, it's all about money at the end of the day. When you can rouse up, you know, 75, uh, 80 plus million people that uh, have voted uh, in 2016 for a certain president. You know, you, you, you can uh, arouse those guys and then you can start getting money from them when you start talking their language. And the, the sad part is uh, a lot of things that people didn't used to talk about uh, short. Well, racism, injustice, uh, you know, these uh, social economic inequalities, they have always been here. 
But now there is a blatant attack on these things. You know, of course, uh, now the very the very desire to just be informed is under attack right now. Just to say, hey, I want to know what's going on in politics. I want to know what's going on uh, in different cultures. I want to have a better cultural sense of uh, what uh, other people are doing and how they feel and what they're thinking. You know, that very thing is under attack. And of course, when we talk about uh, this uh, culture wars thing, it, 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 it's kind of crazy because one side initiated this thing and one side is fighting it. Because basically what you have here, you have a bunch of uh, older people. Or I'm just going to say it, older white people that feel like they're losing the country. And so then you have a, a group of uh, young people, including young white people, college students, uh, even non-college students. They just have a desire to know the history. And of course, now the history is being oppressed. You know, the history wants to be changed because understand this, uh, people these days are trying to control the narrative. If you control the narrative, you control the past. And if you control the past, you control the present. And again, it's, it's, it's all about power and money. You know, if you can raise, rouse these people up, because basically people are doing and saying what they've always wanted to do or say. And the thing is, they haven't flat out came out and say, uh, I hate different groups. I hate different people. I hate different styles and cultures. I hate it. They call it something else. And so this anti-woke thing, uh, it, it's a real it's real and people need to open their eyes to it. What do you think, Matt, my my theory, you touched on it, actually, that um, you know, I, I consider myself a medium old white guy. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm 60, almost 63 years old. Right. So a baby boomer. So I can actually I'm on the like the you know ending edge, if you will. I think baby boomers ended in 64 and I was born in 60. So. Um, so I can, I can identify, um, in fact, I, my mom and dad were, you know, like in their mid forties when I was born, dad was 48. So in some ways, my parents were the age of most people's grandparents are nowadays. Right. (laughs) So we kind of skipped a generation. So I've got, you know, I think a, a unique perspective that way of being, you know, baby boomer raised by radio generation people essentially. And, Mm -hmm. um, I, I can identify, I have family, I mean, family members that are in the Milwaukee area that um, are operating from a fear point of view. They are afraid that, you know, this country is, you know, this is a white American uh, Christian, Judeo-Christian country, and it's they're losing it to the Muslims, they're losing it to the atheists, they're losing it to, you know, the Latinos and the, you know, black people. And... What I don't get in that whole equation is that we can't see what we're gaining. You know, I mean, when when this country was started out with a bunch of Brits, essentially, you know, some French people thrown in for fun and, you know, wherever else they were, we were one kind of country. And we have this history of, you know, the Italians came, the Italians were resisted. Um, You know, the, 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 the Irish came and the Irish were resisted, you know, and then, you know, we in the midst of that brought a bunch of black people over from Africa and were, you know, you talk about history. One of the things we don't learn folks is um, we're trying to turn the civil war into something other than a a battle over slavery. And uh, there's just no way to do that. That's like saying, uh, you know, Pepsi Cola is getting taken over by Coca-Cola because um, it's, it's got too much sugar in it. 
No, it's because they both got the cola audience and one wants more of the audience and they're going to make less money or more money if they take over. Yeah, I'm, that's a really stupid example. But the point, You're is, good, bro. The, the point is that the South, the, the entire Southern economy was based on slavery. There would have been no Southern economy were it not for cotton textiles. And the only way they would have possibly gotten as much cotton as they were to be able to have a billion dollars or a billion pounds of it, I forget, some obscene amount of, of cotton that was being produced. Anyone that's been down and looked at cotton plants knows how much labor is involved when you're, you're doing it by hand and not with a machine. It was backbreaking, awful work. And there was no way that work was, was going to happen without slaves. So when we started out the Civil War, don't let anybody kid you. The only way that that Civil War was going to end was if the southern states got to keep their slaves or we beat them. And we beat them. And there's still people today that are mad about it. Um, and that's at the root of some of this, right? I mean, that power was lost. And, you know, we we now are, you know, have a whole class of people that their world was turned upside down. And that hatred has never gone away. I don't think. You know, and I, I keep, I want to ask white people out there, what are you so afraid of? You can't hold on to something that isn't yours to hold on to. This country is our country. If you're going to say it's, you know, we can't have these black people, these Hispanic people, they can't, they can't be doing all this stuff. Well, it's as much their country as it is ours. I mean, America, give me your wretched refuse yearning to be free. It's on our statue. You know, it's on Lady Liberty. Give me your wretched refuse yearning to be free. That's what this country is about. So why are we so afraid of letting more people in the world have it? And I'll tell you, the people that are really winning in this battle right now, I think, are the Chinese and the Russians and all of the mm -hmm. fascist governments out there that want to see democracy fail. They honestly want to see it fail. And we're playing right into it. We're just, hey, sure. We'll do it. My wife... Uh my wife uh, got this book from the library and I jokingly say that when she uh, it was like uh, how to turn a country communist. And I, I jokingly say to my wife that, uh, you know, she got us put on the list. <laughs> but it's like uh, it basically it, it talked about how to you know, make a country communist. You know, you create internal issue, you create internal strife. You, uh, you know, you, you uh, control what is being taught in the schools. Uh, you, you know, you give all the kids medicine. Uh, you uh, marginalize people, and 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 basically that's uh, the start of it. And it was uh, called the "How did you create a communist country?" But back to what you were saying there, uh, Raúl, it's just like yes, when it comes to suppressing history, people don't want people to know that yes, uh, the wealth of this country was built on the back of slaves, uh, free labor, and not only was it just the southern states that benefited greatly, but also the uh, Northern countries, well, like I say, the Northeast and uh, things like that, because they actually started building these machines to produce the cotton even faster. Everyone knew what was going on. Of course, like it before you know it, cotton became not just a national uh, commodity, but an international commodity. Mm -hmm. and, and and so what happened was uh, even they had to go and get more slaves. And then, of course, like uh, um, we we're watching this one documentary and it was saying like a two point four. It went from a uh, 
a million pounds to like 2.4 billion pounds of cotton being produced on a yearly basis uh, because of free labor. Yeah, you want to get your your brain through. Think of like a cotton puff, right? A single cotton puff and how much that weighs. How many cotton (laughs) puffs do you have to have to get to 2.3 billion pounds, right? Exactly. And the thing is, it was all done with free labor. Right. Free labor. So and, 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 and and the thing is, see, and and what is happening? What's happening now is white people should not be, uh, uh, you know, ashamed of the. I, I say some white people shouldn't be ashamed of the history because some people still embrace it. But the thing is, so a lot of families don't want it known that their legacy, their inheritance, came from that era. It came from slavery. You know, uh, in the South, uh, they built wealth. Uh, on the backs of slaves and uh, it, it had become generational wealth. And, but the thing is, you don't want people to know that. And, and, and as like, uh, like you say, like when I said earlier, you know, that uh, this war against, you know, young people, young white people, young black people, anyone that is just desiring to be informed uh, is under attack. And is like, and this is a, uh, in households even, right. you know, uh, you know, like say, uh, you know, grandma and grandpa don't want to hear uh that they are aware of it, but they don't want to hear it and they don't want the kid to talk about it. But also, like you were saying yourself, it's like uh, even not just a young kid, young people, but even older people that have just kind of been, I'll I'll say, I'm just going to say the word oblivious to it. You know, of course, uh, you you, you have a sense, oh, there were slaves, but it was a whole brutality to it. There was, and and we still see the systemic and systematic the system, systematic and all those things, you see them right now, uh, present day. I mean, when you look at institutions, the medical field, uh, the legal system, uh, it just there's just uh, racism everywhere. The police and all that. It's it just uh, it's, it's, it's a this is a tough thing. Well, it's so compl- it's got so many layers to it. So let's let's put yes. a human face to it, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking about um, you know, let's think about power. Let's think about money. I remember years ago, uh, Ralph Abernathy talking about, you know, the differences in this world, the differences in this country are not between the blacks and the whites or the yellows and the browns or the, you know, pink polka dotted and purple striped people. The differences are between the haves and the have nots. So let's think about how do you get people upset is to threaten what they have is not going to be theirs. It's going to be somebody else's. I'm Mm -hmm. taking it away from you. So we've well, got yeah. people energized by this whole idea of, you know, be careful. You let these black people be in control. You let them have more, you know, you, you let them vote more. You're going to lose everything you have. Everything. It has, you know, please. Knock, knock, knock. Reality is at the door. Hello. Um, I don't see that happening. And yet there is this huge amount of fear that that is what's happening. So we fight for it. Not ever thinking about who's behind that. It's like the Wizard of Oz, right? You know, don't pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Don't don't, don't bother with you know worrying about it. He's pulling all the levers. He's the one making the great Oz's voice. He's the one doing all the things that make you shudder and you know quiver in fear. Who's our Oz? You know who's who's the Oz behind the thing? And it it's people with money. It's the people yeah. that are are in charge, in control, and why do we want to keep playing into that? Why 
I mean, the more I get to know you, Antoine, yeah, we talk differently, we look differently, but we want the same things. We want to be able to yes. take care of our families. We want to be able to have relationships with people that are meaningful. Um, we want to be able to, you know, have a decent life. I mean, I, I gave up a long time ago being a, you know, huge radio celebrity making millions of dollars every day. You know, that's not going to happen in my lifetime. But I'm happy just to have, I got my paycheck today. It's like, oh, good, I'll be able to pay all my bills. Yippee! <laughs> so that's all I need right now. And I don't get, why are they so successful, do you think, at getting us to not think of each other as human beings, to not think of each other as Americans struggling for the same American dream and instead get us to hang on to labels that are not true. Cause I'm sure, I mean, black people have to be told things about us white people that I hope I'm proving are not true. I maybe, maybe you're going, Oh, they were right about that one. So, but you know, I mean, I, just as I've been told, you know, things about black people when I was growing up, you know, that, Oh yeah, there don't go around that part of the neighborhood. You get in trouble. Well, I, I, you know, I don't know. Um, well, what's at the root of that? Well, it, it comes down to just, uh, you know, again, like everything that was happening in the South, you know, of course, uh, when we talk about slaves and then, of course, uh, the the uh, emancipation and all those different things. Right. And, of course, uh, even after that, you know, you looked at uh, blacks and because uh, there was uh, there were uh, Hispanics, there were Asians in this process as well. Now, you know, that over the over those years, this inherent uh, inherent you no know, this thing about being superior to others, and of course, it's even written in the Constitution that uh, the black man is a three fifths of a man, and of course, and that was all about you know, of course, like those uh, southern they need those uh, southern states they needed uh the, they needed the uh, delegates to, to to claim to say they represent them, and that's how they won a majority of these uh, uh, elections in the South. And in, and even now, you know, when we talk about the person, folks, look, look that up if you don't don't realize it is in our constitution the way to keep the voting so that there was an equitable, uh, you know, uh, dispersal of power. Mm -hmm. um, they they would uh, there's a clause written in basically that says you know all white people and you know people of color that are you know not slaves, you know, because there were indentured servants that were in different, you know, kind of situation. But if they were slaves, they would be counted as three-fifths of a person. So I'm not sure how that all worked. I mean, uh, and, and keep in mind that label uh, began the uh, systemic part of the marginalization of black people. Because remember, uh, back in uh, 1862, when the Homestead Act came about, you know, they were given uh, the government was giving people 160 acres. They say, hey, you live on the land, uh, you maintain the land, you pay a small uh, registration free and you have this land. But, of course, there were restrictions. They were saying, oh, uh, agricultural workers, indentured servants or domestic servants weren't eligible for this land. And guess who all the uh, indentured and indentured servants and uh, domestic servants and agricultural workers were? They were black. They were uh, Hispanic. They were Asian. So right then and there, that just uh, began even after slavery or right at that time of slavery ended. There was already a plan in place to keep it down it, it, to keep it again. This, uh, this is a, a systematic thing. And even present day, I guess people want to like as people desire to know what really happened or people desire to know history. There was an 
know, one side of this thing actually initiated an attack uh, using uh, critical race theory as uh, the tool to say, oh, you don't want your uh, kid, you don't want your children to be learning this stuff because it's going to make them feel bad. And it's like they don't feel bad. I, I don't think I think the, the, the curiosity has been arisen. I think uh, the, the CRT book probably sold more books when they started uh, attacking it than anything. Right. But you know, we were talking about that. But CRT is just nothing but a, a, a study of systems. You know, it's a study of systems. It, it talks about, you know, the racism in the justice system, in the medical fields, in uh, law enforcement and all those different things. And, it, and it's just uh, people are woke when they stop to say, hey, I want to be more informed on what's going on. Because uh, you're aware. And it, yes. And it, it, what's, remember, what I'm just thinking, what, what's so interesting to me about it, people say, well, that's not what we are now. We don't have slaves now. I never had slaves. So there's like that attempt to separate from it and like push it off as being doesn't doesn't apply anymore. But what we don't get and I, I work in a farming store, right? I mean, we, we deal with agriculture all the time. And if you talk to a farmer about planting things in bad soil or planting things and using bad water on the soil, it affects the crops. It just does. And you look around anything in the world that we see, you have kids that you raise that are raised in bad childhood, you know, bad homes. You know, we talk about super children that are able to, you know, become decent people in spite of all of it. And that's miraculous because, you know, how could they ever become that when they were abused or whatever? We understand fundamentally that there is, there are consequences to not having the right nutrients, to not having the right atmosphere, the right environment to bring up healthy plants. So, why can't we? That's part of what wokeness is about. Is going. I, I I have to say the things that I've gone through haven't made me ashamed of being a white person. They've made me ashamed of being a human being. You know, I mean, and it, it's not as much even as being ashamed as it is. You get yet another understanding of just how horrible we can be to one another. And the the key in my brain of why. It's easy to do that, or how it becomes easy to do that is to otherize someone. It's okay to do that to you because you're black. It's okay to do that to you because you're Italian. It's okay to do that to you because you're Chinese. It's okay. I have to come up with something that is like a a map in my head of this is what a Chinese person is. And we don't think of it as being, you know, no, but they're a person. And it's not, it's not an American thing only. Japan did that to the Chinese in World War II. The Germans did that to the French in World War II. The British did it to the Germans and to the, the you know, we did it to the Japanese. Look at cartoons from the 1940s of, you know, how we depicted Japanese people as a result of the war. It's what we do. But who's behind it all? Who's always been behind it all? It's the people. It's the Oz's. So why do we feed into it? You know, when are we going to wake up and say, no, you know, my brother across the street there who, you know, I don't care what color his skin is. He's fighting the same battle I am. We're just trying to get by. We're trying to make America what it can be. Um, You know, so when you talk about make America great again, make America whole again. Make America, you know, a group of people that care about people. And stop fighting because you're a Republican. You voted for Trump. You voted for Biden. Who cares? Why do we make those our battles? 
and, and again, like uh, you, you made a great point that people with money uh, control this narrative. They control the interest. You know, you think about it. You know, of course, the margins when you it, it, it goes back again, even to post slavery. They uh, basically things that happened like uh, they were arresting black people for the littlest things. And then basically they're right back in slavery. You know, you get two, three years on the chain gang for crossing the street the wrong way or allegedly looking at a white woman. And you're right back in prison or right back in slavery. And then, of course, uh, what happened, ha- what happens then you take the man out of the house, which is uh, basically you, you got a woman with uh, multiple children trying to figure something out. And then, of course, uh, she has to move to a certain space. And then, of course, what happens at that point, you got a group of people uh, with very minimal income, very minimal uh, resources to get income or anything. So what you what, what has been created? Uh, you know, you got these pockets of uh, poverty, basically. And then so what happens with those uh, pockets of poverty? You know, they're marginalized. They're, you know, the marginalization of people. Right. They, and this is what happens. They don't want to work. They don't want to work. They just want to collect. Their exactly. Welfare check. And, and, and that's why, like, say you, you like you say, you put a name to it. One of the odds is you take the Koch brothers, Francis. They are 100. They are a million percent against public transportation. Why? Because it's going to one reason is going to enable you no know, minorities and folks like that to get to work Two, They have so they they got their hands in so many things. They uh, own rubber or something like that. And so it's like. Rubber is built for tires. So they say, hey, public transportation will slow car sales down, which will slow our money down in this uh, rubber industry. And so it's just it's it's all about power and it's all about money. People say. And then, of course, again, you look at present day. Uh, you got the Marjorie Taylor Greens. You got the uh, Matt Gates. You got uh, Ron DeSantis. My Lord, help, help, help him. And, and it's like uh, they're looking at this. It's, it's a money grab because they're like uh Look, see me and pay me. They 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 make this big ruckus because they're talking to a group of people that think and act the same way they do. It's just now they have a the or they have the the platform to actually speak this stuff. And and again, it's just a, it's, it's a we're in a sad state. But how do we how do we make it better? And it, it starts with people willing to have conversation. I mean, I mean, just a gloves off conversation, you know. And 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 reason why a lot of people want to block history. They don't want it known because, again, when we start talking about equity, right, you know, and, we, and then, of course, I'm one of those people that feel reparations are due. I'm one of them, you know, and, of course, uh, that's what I, be- I believe reparations are due. And so what we do is we don't want to acknowledge history. We don't want to acknowledge the current problem. And thus, because we know if we acknowledge this problem is going to cost something. And, and and people don't want to pay that, whether it's uh, even this, the thing with uh, the ten thousand dollars off of uh, your student loans. Uh, a person, a, a judge called it the form of reparations and he said no. But again, people will vote against their own best interest to keep other people down. You know, it's, it, and it's amazing. Like when you take a, a poor white person, they just like, do you know that you're in the eyes of others in this classism? Because classism and racism is really, really close together. Right. Right. You know, it's like. Do you know that you're voting against your own best interest? Do you know that yeah, they, the very people that you're voting for is about to cut off your, your your Social Security or your grandparents' Social Security? Do you realize what's happening here? Right. And then again, it's like uh, this woke group or us that are just saying, hey, let's talk about this thing. We acknowledge history. You know, it ain't to make people feel bad. It ain't to throw something in people's face. It's not even complaining. It's saying, hey, this is uh, what has happened. This is a what can we do to solve that? What can we do to make things right? What equity can be given or done to 
put people on an equal playing field. Because like I said, the, the, how can we make it even? How can we make it somewhat a little bit better? Because again, it's like some, I, you look at, uh, I, I can look at uh, people like growing up South side of Chicago and you see just the generations of poverty it's like the 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 whole family tree trajectory is downward you know and it's like a and and it's just like because there's no way out you look at people that lived on 51st in state trying to get uh over to the west side or get to downtown and, and it's, it's just it, it, it's just a uh, but it's like bus fare is an issue because uh you you work all these hours you get paid very minimal to do the same as someone else but yet at the end of the day you're not making enough. And so it just these systematic and systemic things that are in place that are designed to keep uh, this uh, superiority complex. Because, again, in, even in the Constitution, it's said that you know, black people are three fifths of man. Right. Mm-hmm. And so and, and so people have this inherent sense of superiority. And and, and it's just it's, it's generational. And of course, because, like, again, this hate is not is it, is not in is not. How do you say is. It's taught. One, well, and it's, it's 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 taught. It's in the it's in the groundwater. I guess that was my point with the whole farming <laughs> thing. Is it's in, you know when you if you recognize you're trying to grow a crop and you're not getting the kind of yield that you you ought to have, and you start looking at things. Well, yeah, you got way too much acid in your rain. You got way too much uh, you know whatever chemical in your groundwater, and that's what's stunting the growth. And yes. you know, if we can't recognize the fact that these stuff, this stuff, you know, we can try to say it's it's not it's not today, and yet to do so is to say, well, but look at the plants, guys. Look at the plants. Are the plants healthy, hardy plants? You know, I, where where can you point to me the healthy people that have, are healthy neighborhoods that are healthy? You know, groups of people, multicultural, multiracial groups of people that are feeling good about their life together, you know, and it's so difficult to get there because the groundwater is in bad shape. I keep thinking, too, the, the example of a couple. It, it, this, this painful is and will be, this process is and will be painful. Coming together, you know, the root word of this show is going to be painful. Because, like a divorce or like an adulterous relationship, if you decide after you've had that adulterous relationship that, oh my God, what did I do? Oh my God, what what was I thinking? And your your mate is willing to give it a try again and says, okay, well, all right, if you really want to work on it, that's a painful process. And frankly, most people, most men I know would run from that because it's, I, I can't deal with this. It's going to be too hard. But a relationship that weathers that, a relationship that is able to work past that, do the work necessary to get past that is much stronger than it ever was before. It's much more compassionate. It's much more willing to, you know, understand that there are serious consequences for certain kinds of behavior and you want you want to work at not having those behaviors and i i think america from my you know humble stupid milwaukee perspective our responsibility is going to be to say 
If we really want to make America great again, all sides of the equation, Republican, Democrat, because I think we do, we think we do, are we willing to pay the price mm-hmm. to do that? Are we willing to confront the skeletons in our closet, the ugliness of the wounds? Because, um, you know, it's like uh, you think about like a, a boil that you have to lance. Ain't pretty stuff that comes out of that, folks. And the wound that's left afterwards ain't a fun wound, you know. But if you want the boil to get better, if you want the skin to be restored, still going to have a scar, but the only way to get by is to lance that dang boil. So we got a couple of big boils. And the problem with wokeness is I think some some folks have said, oh, no, 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 no. We're not ready to lance that sucker. No, mm-hmm. no, no, no. That would hurt. That would hurt. We don't you like keep, that. Keep, Go away. People, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, that uh, hierarchy or that group of people, they loved it when we were culturally dumb and culturally numb and culturally uh in, incompetent, right? But now as uh, people desire to become more and more culturally competent, so in that as that rises, so has moral insensitivity. You know, as this uh, people say, I want to learn, I want to grow. I, it, so now it's like the very desire to learn is under attack. You know, you're being criticized because you say, I want to know history. And, and then now it's like, now let's uh, suppress history. And it's like, there's no getting around this. Uh, and it, it, it's it's like hmm. look at look at me. It's, it's it's like that like that marriage analogy right like that marriage it's like a yeah it's gonna take a lot of work because like say after in in that situation years and years of abuse right and it's like uh the love is gone everything is gone but you know what I I you know you say okay I have to come back to the table I have to come back and try to make this work for but, the kids but, for the kids for the kids for the kids the exactly. Right? It, you, you, you can yeah, exactly. And but one person says, know what? Uh, you can come back, but it has to stay the same. <laughs> yeah. Well, if we, you know, I think that's important for the kids. Oftentimes people will do that work because they realize that their kids are the ones that are really suffering. And, and the kids want to learn this. Right. Well, let's, let's look at the future of this country. Our future is our kids. So do we want this to continue where we're fighting with one another and, you know, trying to just keep one another down by, you know, real fears and not real fears, if it comes down to it, or are we going to start doing the work so that our kids can really grasp a hold of the dream of America, the real dream of America? You know, what, what Martin Luther King said, you know, I, he had a dream, and, you know, I remember there's a wonderful interview with him afterwards where he said, you know, I, my, my experience since then, I'm paraphrasing, but my experience since that speech was I was perhaps a little bit too optimistic. I was perhaps a little too, uh, you know, unwilling or, you know, unable to see the amount of work that there is ahead of us to really have mm-hmm. that dream become reality. And you look at the history of that, right? The civil rights movement, segregation, all of those things that were part of the 50s, that started to be broken down when TV was there to record dogs being sicked upon people, you know, people being pushed back just because they were trying to cross a bridge. Churches. Yeah, churches that were, you know, being blown up and, you know, little girls being killed in Sunday school. 
you know, that stuff got televised. The media covered that. And isn't it interesting that after all that happened, we were able to kind of, okay, we're going to have these laws passed. We'll have all this stuff that, that's going on. But in the background, things, you know, news agencies were being formed that you wouldn't have to worry about just those three agencies you had to control. You had a bunch of different ways to get things out. Then the Internet happens, you know, which should be an opportunity for us all to communicate with one another. But it's, it's instead been used a way to even polarize people more. Have these little factions. Have your Facebook pages. Have all of your stuff that you watch and only watch. So we're feeding those biases and getting more growth out of it. All the time not realizing that I am a human being. I want things. You want things. We both have kids. We want the best thing in the world for our kids possible. How can we work together so that everybody gets that instead of, well, I'm going to get it, but you can't. Because you work as hard as I did, or you know, you can't have it because you're a Chinese person and you can't be trusted. Your black guy can't, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, whatever. It's like, come on, man, come on. How are we gonna get it through our heads that we all, if we all do better, every one of us does does better. Yes, it's like a, we, you know, we first have to, you know, like you said, when we talk about coming to the table, you know, we uh, have to release our stereotypes, our misconceptions, our myths, uh, misinterpretations, uh, just the flat out lies of uh, how uh, certain people act or behave. And, you know, we have to first try to get first, let's just clear and do a brain dump of those things and say, okay, uh, you are a human being just like I am and, and, and come to the table. But these things, they're considered they're consistently being fueled to go against. And like when I mentioned churches just a second ago, you know, you got to remember like uh, the Southern Baptist separated from the Northern Baptist because the Southern Baptist had slaves and they wanted to keep them. And now these Southern Baptists uh, or you, now they're called evangelicals. I wouldn't even call them a church anymore, but I'll call them a political group. You know, like when we're talking about evangelicals, we're talking about uh, Christian nationalists, uh, then this this uh, crazy thing now, Christian masculinity. These are just uh, these are white people just saying, hey, they're using God's name in vain. I say, you know, of course, because, again, first John four twenty say you cannot say you love God and hate people. And it, it just it just doesn't go that way. So it, it's. Again, we have to first get rid of the stereotypes, get rid of our misconceptions, uh, get rid of the myths and have some conversation. Get to know me, Antoine Hallman, senior, senior pastor of Faith Works Ministries. Get to know me. No, get let me get to know Raul. I can't pronounce your name, Raul, but you did. You actually Raul. Yeah, Raul, like Raul. That's yeah, no, no, what your last name. Oh, Labresh. Yeah, Labresh, like Labresh. fresh. Yeah. I'm a breath of fresh air, Antoine. Yeah, How can you not remember that? Let's, let's, so. yeah, get, get to know me because, again, it's like what happens, what we tend to see, you know, when you get a marginalized group of people. And yes, and unfortunately, there's crime in certain areas, higher uh, amounts of crime in certain areas because there are no resources, you know. And so what happens, you, you see these things on the news, you see them on TV, and then, and then the thought or the behavior is just intensified. So when you see uh, that on the news and then you see me walking down the street, you look at me <clears throat> Excuse me. Like what you saw on TV, you know, uh, where we live now is uh, it's, it's kind of crazy where we live in uh, the Green Bay Howard area. It's, 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 uh, it's kind of crazy. It's funny almost. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it's just like uh, it's one store chain. I'll never spend another dime in. But it's like you, you it just uh, again, people have never even interacted with a black person or a person of color. But do you think the 
the preconception just precedes them and they have this stuck in their head. And you know, some people live such, uh, how do you say, uh, such insulated lives that they never have, maybe even never have the desire to interact with a person of color. And so it's like really getting to that person and saying, hey, uh, do you you know, do you care about the future of the, like you say in America? Do you care about the future of the country? Because, you know, the outside is looking at us and saying, yeah, this is what we want. We want this uh, divide. A house divided cannot stand. And so as this, this division continues, Russia is looking at us. China is looking at us. North Korea is looking at us. And oh, just like they have these G, G5, G7 summits and all these different kind of things like NATO have their meetings. Those guys have their meetings, too. And I think they're just uh, waiting uh, for us to you got you got you actually got people sitting in the U.S. government rooting for Russia. When did that happen? Yeah. Against the Ukrainians. Right. Again. But again, it's like we're fighting uh, for freedom, folks. They're fighting for their land. They're fighting for their right to be a nation. Well, this is a test run. That's a test run for uh, China and Taiwan. You know, it's a test run. And, and, and but also, again, it's just uh, we have to come together as a people, as as Americans. You know, I, I don't like to call my you know, educated black person that has been to college and all that would uh, frown at me if I say I don't know, care to be called African-American. If you're going to call like say you're a French American, right? Right. Yeah. Until you put that prefix on yours. I don't know. I, I don't want to put the prefix on mine. You know, because I'm American. I was born. I was born here, so I'm American too. Right, right. And so, why do we have? Why do I have to have a prefix? You know, but again, the educated black person they can give you, uh, you know, ten ways from Sunday why it should be. Oh, it's elevation, it's promotion, it's a, a sense of it's like it's you know this thing is black and white. You know, and again, it comes down to power, race, and money. And then it's like the people that have the power don't want to relinquish it. So what do you do? You uh you suppress history. You suppress press voting. Uh, you uh, basically now you see things happening in plain sight and they'll say you see something. They'll be like, no, you didn't see that. <laughs> mm-hmm. You didn't see that. That didn't happen. And but yeah, just uh, again, it, it's going to happen in small groups. Raul. Uh things like this. We have to come together. Hopefully there could be other people that come on the show and talk with us and, and just uh, really just uh, give their input. People that allies, for instance, uh, people that allyship. You know, when we talk with them and just having them having an understanding that, hey, this thing is going to cost like, uh, you know, like what, what woke is called now. Back then, they were freedom riders. And what happened to those freedom riders? <laughs> Buses got put and on it, fire. Yeah. And, and some of them came up missing. Yeah. And that's the and we're in that same battle now. Some six, 60, almost 60 plus years later, we're in the same thing. Yeah. And. It is it, is is as me as a black guy is tiring. It is very tiring. History carries a weight, you know, and it, it is very tiring, you know. And but at the same time, I desire for change. I desire for change, and the only way I see uh, this thing changing is by prayer. People are gonna have to come to prayer, you know. Of course, like the church is so divided now, because again, it starts with the individual. It's gonna start with the community, and then the church, then that county, city, state, or municipality, then that state, and then the country, you know. Of course, and of course, now the individual uh, has been, uh, 
if they've uh, been misinformed, they're going to misinform their family. And then, of course, uh, that misinformed family is going to be attending a church, spreading this thing, and then the church becomes misinformed. And then, of course, then you got a, a city, state, town, whatever. You got a lot of people that are, have created a uh, uninclusive culture, so to speak. And then it's like, uh, and this is how this thing grows. We have to get back to a grassroots of things, uh, individuals coming together. Uh, you know, history has to be taught. And the thing is, uh, when uh, these white people that are fighting this thing realize that this is not an attack on you. You know, this we're not you know, blaming. I, I'm not blaming you, Ralph, for what happened in the past. I'm not blaming you. But the thing is, I'm telling you, hey, these are the experiences that I have to face on a daily basis. And when you talk to people, even people that have good hearts and say, you know, they, they are genuinely, you know, genuinely good people. Uh, they It's almost like they get tired of hearing it. They say, OK, I, I heard enough. I, I don't want to hear anymore. And then it's like it becomes a complaint. And and again, it's a, it's, this is going to take a, a lot of patience uh, on people. It's going to take a lot of patience to really bring people to the table and uh it's just going to take the willingness it's going to take prayer <sighs> it's going to take it, understanding too that yes it's it's not going to get solved overnight you know no take go back to the adulterous relationship right i mean the 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 problems of that that causes are years worth of problems and yes. there are sacrifices, things that will never be the way they were again. And some of it, you know, you you yearn, you wish, man. I think, uh, you know, this the situations of you remember what it was before that happened, and wish it could be like that again. And it can't, but it can be something else. And I, I don't know if how we're going to ever, unless it is through these small groups, and you know coalitions of people that say but look at what we could be think about what we could be if we could get this you know we, we talk about prayer it could be the kingdom of god on earth you know I, I love star trek desire. yeah that's his desire on earth as it is in heaven he, that's that's his desire. We, we are supposed to exhibit his culture manifest his nature and right now that's not happening i just lost you on my speaker let me get back here For some reason, the Bluetooth kicked out. Uh-oh. Yeah. said paired, and it stopped being paired. Well, that's interesting. Oh, man, we're at that time anyway. Yeah, we are. It's it's saying it doesn't, it wants to, it's not discoverable. Let me do something quick here. That's really weird. Somebody reached into here with their super duper computer and disconnected us. That's what happened. It's a ploy. Conspiracy. Yeah. Gotta be. Gotta be, man. Let me get Here, I'll do this. Hold your thought there. Don't lose it. Yeah, it makes sense. I know I would have already. 
No, apparently not. That's twice now. All right. Let's see here. Didn't work. Make sure Blue is still discover. Okay. Okay. Now we're connected. Talk again. Testing one, two, oh, three. We got you back. Okay. So. Um, let's see if we just pick up with a different question and I'll splice it together. Okay. That's fine. So what, I mean, what, where do we go? I mean, part of me thinks like we just have to forget the whole black white thing and start, you know, if we're going to take a red, get rid of African and French as part of the disclaimer and just say, okay, wait, let's look at my fellow brother American or my bro fellow sister American. Absolutely. Not, not, and I, I, I don't mean that you can disregard because there is a, there's a history there. There's a pain there that we have to be willing to talk about when we need to talk about it. You know, the adulterous relationship, you don't, if you're going to pull the, the card of when are we going to be past that? No, you're never going to be past it, you know, that way. I mean, it may take years. It may take generations to get past it that way. We're not, but, but we have to be able to embrace it and say, this was part of who we are. Thank God we're not that anymore. You know, exactly. I mean, I'm thankful we don't still have, you know, Jim Crow laws, but they just transferred into something else. And we need to look at what they became, just like the groundwater for those plants. Um, at some point, we got to realize that, OK, well, you got rid of the chemicals this time, but something's going to come back. So be on guard for it. Let's let's. Uh, and this time we're going to fix it together. You know? and, and and we have to embrace change. You know, we have to learn to embrace change. A lot of people don't want change, you know, and the thing is change has to happen. You know, the reason I say that change, uh, I'm trying to think of who said this. I want I actually it was the new uh, Badger football coach, uh, Luke Fickle. He said change is inevitable. Growth is optional. <laughs> That's so and, true. And I, and I love that. And, it can, and, and just in, 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 to put it in context, you know, uh, when he got hired, of course, uh, there was this uh, exodus of some football players on the team. You know, he met with them, talked with them. Some was like, OK, I'm going to stay. Some was like, I'm going to go. But you know, the thing is, you know, everybody wanted uh, uh, Leonard, what uh, defensive coordinator, to be the head coach. And that wasn't the case. And so he, people, they left or they did not like the change. And he was like, hey, change is inevitable, but growth is optional because now in this change, you can grow. You can learn something new. You can uh, actually have a better opportunity in this uh, change if you're willing to grow. And that's what we as a country have to do. Like you said, it's never going to be the same. We're never going back. We can't go back. But what do we do going forward? Let's embrace change. Let's have patience. You know, let's love people. You know, the Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. You know, I and the thing is, I have to forgive even on a daily basis. The thing that I experience, my wife and I experience on a daily basis, we have to still love people. The very person that meant me harm, I have to love him. Otherwise, my heart comes out of the right posture with God and I put myself in that same bucket. Right. And so, again, it's it just a. It's going to take a lot of love. It's going to take a lot of patience. It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to be some change. And uh, when we can actually embrace that change, there could be growth. And 
And like you were talking about earlier, Raul, man, what would this country be if everybody had a seat at the table? You know, what it meant is like so many new ideas and, and great ideas to make this country great. You know, of course, uh, I don't like what's happening in this country, but I tell you what, I don't want to live too many places else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the potential is it, there. Yeah. Yes. And, and and the thing is, it's just like it's going to take uh, it's going to take some individual growth. Uh, it's going to take a lot of teaching, a lot of lessons, a lot of patience. And it's going to take a lot of love. You know, and I and I and like me personally, I talk uh, about this often, you know, I, well, amongst uh, clergy and things like that. But I blame the church for a lot of this. Yeah. You know, of course, I, I blame the church. And it goes back to when I was talking about the Southern Baptists uh, separate from the Northern Baptists because they didn't want to give up their slaves. But even present day, you know, uh, what churches are actually really teaching on issues and teaching and preaching on the issues of race and actually teaching that, hey, we post to love. We are to love people. You know, we are to be kind to one another. You know, for much is up to you, live peaceably with all men, the Bible says. And and the teaching, again, I, I, I just me personally, being a, a pastor, I, I, I blame the church for a lot of things. And the and it's just, uh, yeah, I know a lot of people would uh, want to stone me on that comment, but it's the truth. But because the church, uh, the church, if the church is the church, if we are the body mm-hmm. of Christ, like we're called to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's go back to, you know, the, the husband-wife dynamic. You know, you hear a lot of men saying, uh, you know, well, I'll, 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 I'll do things. So my, my wife isn't obedient to me, though. My wife needs to be obedient to me because she says, you know, wife, be submissive to your husband. Be obedient to your husband. And my take on that was about the same thing. My wife isn't obedient. Blah, I get all bent out of shape. You're not obedient. And then I went back to the verse before that. And it says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church and gave his life up for her so that she would be holy and blameless before God. And you know what? If I would get that right as a husband, rest of it wouldn't be a problem. Nobody has a problem being obedient to someone and working with someone that loves them as Christ loves the church. So that church, that's our deal. We've got to be that. That Christ-like person that loves the church as Christ loved us. And we're You're right, because there's uh, churches, a lot of people that have stormed the Capitol, actually, we're saying in Jesus' name. They're praying. <laughs> they had prayer circles right there. Exactly. So, and uh, I, it's one time uh, in Baraboo, I uh, was, you know, I, our ministry had just come about uh my wife and I, we came into our pastorate in 2019. I was uh, invited to this uh, prayer uh, situation, I'll call it. And I was just uh, so excited to be uh, included in the conversation or in a part of a pastor's gathering together for prayer. But uh, it, it turned into a rally, you know, and it was like, uh, then it became like, a, it was like, oh, because it was like, as it was, as it was explained to me. Oh, uh, just a, a group of pastors are going to get together and pray for the community. I'm like, great, I'm in. But again, as the prayer started to go forth, uh, it, 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 it was clear what the prayer was about. And then also it became this open mic. It wasn't just uh, pastors. It was just uh, some of everybody just getting up saying uh, any and everything. <laughs> and, and so that's when I said, OK, you know, uh, uh, yeah, it was it just again. 
these things, a lot of these things are being taught in churches. You know, you look at uh, even some of the big wigs like the Andrew Womacks and uh, some of these other guys that uh, support uh, the right side of things or the Republican side of things. They, this is uh, what they do. Like I said, if evangelicals now. I don't even say that's a, a group. I say they're a, a political organization. I would call them now because uh, they weigh so heavily in politics and they weigh on the other side. It's just uh, they forgot about, you know, love thy neighbors that love thyself. They forgot about that. They And again, I keep preaching it because right now this whole month I've been preaching on love. Love people, you no know, love God, you no know, love people. And, uh, and it, it's... <laughs> It's like uh, people forget First John 4, 20 and 21. How can you say you love God and don't love your brother whom you have? How can you say you love God whom you have not seen and not love your brother whom you have seen? Now, if you say you love God and don't love your brother, you're a liar. The Bible says a liar. Antoine Hallman saying ain't saying nobody's a liar. The Bible says it. But people over, you know, people will preach and teach and dance around those truths. But the Bible says also says the entirety of my word is truth. Uh, Psalm 119, 160. But again, I think. I believe. That though the church is a response, somewhat responsible for a lot of uh, what's going on. And of course, the church is divided. Thus, the, the community is divided. Thus, the church is divided versus thus the country is divided. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen and children, I hope, and dogs and cats. Uh, <laughs> we've, we've just started to scratch the surface. And, you know, I, I would encourage people, put comments out there. You you know, please not, not just hate filled spitefulness, but hopefully this makes you think of questions. Hopefully all yes. of this makes you do your own heart check um, and figure out, you know, I, I may believe all kinds of things about other people, but how do I decide what's really real? And the only way you figure out what's really real is to really talk with people and listen to people. And, Absolutely. Uh, Mark Twain said it, I think, better than anybody I can think of. He said, you know, believe nothing of what you hear and only half of what you see. So, and uh, we, Mark we Twain. yeah, Mark Twain, you know, of all things, Mark, Mark Twain as a quintessential <laughs> American realized that when people say, hey, I heard, I heard that ought to be your first clue that, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. heard. <laughs> I, I heard that dogs are cats, you know. Oh, really? Where is that? You know. Um, and then they all, well, I saw them, blah, blah, blah. The problem with I saw it happen is we, we can say, yeah, I saw such and such. That's an observable thing that happened. But we have to get into the why it happened. And you can't see why things happen. You can't. Mm. You know, you might be able to see some overt cause and effects things, but you still don't know why it happened until you're that person. So I'm going to encourage people, you know, I encourage people yep. think about why do you believe what you believe about woke people, people that are woke? Why do you believe what you believe about people that aren't woke? And what are you doing to bridge the gap? Because you can't argue somebody into being woke and you can't argue somebody into, you know, giving up on wokeness, you know, or, or you know, deciding wokeness is stupid. Um, 
it's not going to be an argument. It's going to be an understanding. Because I think we all do, at the root of it, we're afraid of things. We've got to address those fears. And I don't know how to do that if you don't talk. Absolutely. Right? And, and, and again, it's like uh, with me, uh, the door is always open uh, for conversation. Uh, anyone that's uh, willing to walk this walk, because, again, uh, again, when we're talking about issues of race, it's going to always be uh, some conflict. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, again, we don't want to acknowledge the history because when we acknowledge the history, that means, OK, there needs to be equity and then equity costs money and no one wants to give up any money. And, and not that it's just about money, but it's just, again, it's just a, the the social, racial, economic injustice that have happened, have put groups of people at such a disadvantage that it's like there's almost it's almost like. Some people will have uh, it's just it's, it's, again, they have this uh, poverty mindset and it's almost like and it becomes generational until it, it, it comes until someone rises from the ashes, so to speak. And I, and I thank God that I've seen and witnessed that some people have come from uh, these situations and, and have actually become prosperous or even productive, uh, kind, loving people in society. And that's on both sides, white and black. You know, like I, I think I told you when growing up in the projects on the south side, they were white, black, Hispanic. We were all poor together. <laughs> <laughs> We were all poor together. And, and of course, um, and here we are now, you know, yeah. we're all hurting together. Yeah. And of course, there, there's just a, a just just a, a out of 340 million people in this country. There's a, maybe what, what is it? 75, 77 million people have a different mindset. They want to keep things as they were. They want to take it back to where it was. And, and it's like. Only God can change someone's mind. <laughs> and, yeah. and But it's like, if we can just, you know, base truth on truth. And, of course, my truth, is it comes from the word of God. You know, the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. You know, there's two answers to every question. God's answer and man's answer. And man is always wrong. Yeah. And, and but the thing is, in this time, as we wait for the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we got to learn to get together and talk. And it's going to be hard. People you know white people got to understand that they, this is like for those that really want to say, hey, I, I desire change because let's let's be clear. Change is going to actually come from a lot of white people. Y'all, y'all, y'all the inside man in this thing in the other side. Know it. And it's like, OK, we can't have you being woke. We can't have you learning history. We can't have you uh, being uh, aware of uh, societal issues because you're one. You're supposed to be one of us. Yeah. But again, it's like uh, this thing. It, I pray. No more. My, my, when my wife and I pray, you know, we pray for this country. It's, it's just it's on our prayer wall in our prayer room, and only th- and we pray that Lord change the hearts of your people, Lord. You no, know, take away the stony heart. Put a heart of flesh in your people. Wash us clean with water, Lord. That's Ezekiel uh, thirty six. No, 37, 36. But it's like, uh, clean us, cleanse us, heal us. Because, again, it's like uh, this thing uh, is becoming real and real. And it's getting just from a black man perspective, me living where I live is is, is, uh, kind of a a scary thing because people are curious. Like I told you the story about the man with the the cow prodder, right? Mm hmm. 
yeah, it's like people walking around with those kinds of things in their pocket. And it's like, what's wrong with you? People pulling out flamethrowers on kids. Like, what's wrong with you? It, it's just uh, uh, it's going it's to take love. But so all right, I'm, much. I'm, I'm, so much, right? It, hey, man. Again, it's like the willingness. Yeah. It's just going to take the willingness and some patience. And we'll, we can get this. This is this is possible. We're going to get there with God's help. We're going to get there. Absolutely. All right, man. Next week, same time, same bad channel, huh? All right. All right. There it is. Folks, hope you enjoyed this this, uh, episode, this podcast. And uh, like I said, go to www.forsauk.com. Leave a a question or a comment or whatnot there, and um, we'll see if we can't take it up as a thing to talk about in a few weeks, okay? Make sense? Okay, we right. Absolutely. Uh, we desire the feedback. Uh, we need it because uh, that that creates the dialogue. Hallelujah. Right. So uh, yeah, please uh, talk to us. People, right? so, yep. All right, man. Take care. Behave yourself. Can't be, be careful. All right. All right. God bless, brother. Okay. Take care, man.